Well, friends, as you know, my journey to motherhood hasn't always been an easy one, and my journey to marriage for that matter. I was 17 years old when I had my first son, Corey, dropped out of my senior year, ended up staying home, finishing my credits, and having him right after graduation, and then started praying for my future husband during that pregnancy, and God brought me John. But one thing I realized over the years, that even if we don't have the best starts, that we are people of influence. Women are people of influence. We influence our families, our our husbands, our communities, our world. And when I was thinking about today's guest and how I wanted to introduce her to you today, I just thought of the word solid, which is, I'm trying to think of a better word, a more eloquent, poetic word, but really today's guest is all about solid truth, solid principles, a solid foundation for our homes. And let me tell you a little bit about her. So Lisa Jacobson is the, I guess, owner, blogger, host of Club31Women.com. And I met Lisa, I mean, I I admired her online for a long time, but I actually got to meet her in person um, in Montana. And I was there with a blogging retreat for the Better Mom group. So bettermom.com is a blog I've been writing for, I'm thinking it must be 12, 15 years now. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, And we got to have a retreat, gather together. And Lisa is one of the people that I met and just loved, fell in love with. Um, She, on her blog, talks about having a lasting marriage, having close relationship with her kids, um, having a peaceful and orderly home. And when you think about all these things, um, sometimes you think, okay, you must have a good, perfect, peaceful life to be able to do all these things. And what I love about the conversation with Lisa today is that she has faced challenges. She has faced difficulties. She's a mom of eight children and one has special needs. She's helped care for elderly family members. And so I just hope that you'll be encouraged today that no matter what challenges that you face in your life, you are an influence friend. If you're a teen mom, an older mom, a struggling mom, which all of us are struggling moms, or if you don't even have kids, you're influencing your community and in your world. And we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about being an influence, making a difference, and really just um, how to overcome the challenges in our lives and turn to God in the process. I know you'll enjoy it. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, my guest today is Lisa Jacobson. So Lisa, welcome to Walk It Out. Hello, Trisha. So nice to be here with you. Oh, I just love chatting with you. And I'm sure, okay, 
Lisa, first of all, introduce yourself, and then I'm going to ask you the question, because I'm sure you get asked the same thing all the time on how do you do it all. But first, start by just introducing yourself real quick. Okay. I'm uh, Lisa Jacobson. I'm married to Matt Jacobson, and together we have eight children. We also have cared for Matt's uh, parents. We lost his mom. She went home to be with her savior a couple years ago, but his uh, his dad is still on hospice, and so he's still with us as well. We also, uh, he has faithfulman.com, and I have club31women.com, a ministry to uh, encourage other believers. And we just recently started our podcast, which is Faithful Life, just again, encouraging believers in their um, their walk in faith and their marriage, family, uh, church, and culture. That is, I'm so excited. I already... Um went and subscribed to your podcast. So oh, that's excited. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I cannot wait. I was excited when I saw that that started. I just know there's going to be so much encouragement, but I know you probably get asked the same question like me. How do you do it all? So what do you say? Cause I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, we just do it. We just go through life and depend on God and love the people. I mean, what do you usually say when someone asks you that question? Oh, such a good question. I, I think I think you're right. On the one hand, I think we could probably do more than we think we can. That's certainly been my experience. I, I think, I often tell myself, how am I going to do this? And and yet God is, he's faithful. If he's called you to do it, he will equip you to do it. And I do believe that. Um, I also ha- uh, have found that it, it helps to fold some wisdom in there. And so um, for me personally, I get overwhelmed when I see 27 priorities before me. And a few years ago, I sat down and I, I'm a kind of a practical kind of person. So I sat down, I literally wrote down all my priorities and, um, and then prioritized them as much as possible. And then, um, realize, I mean, some of those priorities I literally had to remove because I thought, you know what, you just can't have that many priorities. It's just not possible. And that's helpful. It's also helpful each day as I organize my day to remind myself what's important because otherwise, I'm sure you've experienced this, the urgent always takes over the the important, right? And so instead of feeling like I'm always just putting out fires, trying to be really more mindful of of that my day reflects my true priorities. Mm, I love that so much. And I love how you talk about just sitting down and writing out your priorities. And we did that years ago. I, I mean... I'm trying to think like 15 years ago because I was just running like crazy. And I only had three kids at the time. Like now I have 10. I only had three, but they were in all these activities. They were running like crazy. I was volunteering and just so overwhelmed. And John's like, we need to sit down and figure this out. And we ended up cutting so many things where it just wasn't the right season for those things, even though they were really good things. Yes. Or I was doing something because of guilt because I didn't want to tell someone no. Or I mean, there's there's so many great opportunities, which is wonderful. but it's always up to us. We can't depend on other people to put on the brakes, to not say yes to too much. Exactly. And another older woman gave me some really good advice a few years ago that helped me a lot too. And she just said, she really tries to encourage me to do those, do those things that only I can do and make sure that that's my, my main thing. And, and that really helped me as well. So sometimes when you have conflicting opportunities, um, I'm just going to so for example, um, someone is in our church is sick and needs a meal brought to them. I want to bring it to them. And I think that's an important ministry. So don't, you know, hear me out. In fact, I'm very conflicted with guilt on things like this. <laughs> very conflicted. Yeah. Um, but her reminder in my ear that there are a number of families in our church body that can actually do that or are free to do that today. But only one person 
can like just say our daughter Avonlea, who's um, severe special needs, like there's only one mom that can be there for her. And so that kind of helps. I mean, not that maybe that's not the best example or like my father-in-law who's on hospice. There's only so many people that can sit with him right now with where he's at. And those are, those are hard choices, but it does help me to, to kind of distinguish, okay, wait a minute, instead of what I've done in the past where I try to do all those things. And at the end of the day, I'm a mess, which doesn't help anybody. Right. So I think that really helps. That is such a good thing. Cause we had my grandma, my grandma's 89 and she lives with us. Yes. Um, and last year she broke her back. Oh, I remember and that. So she, I was up five times a night cause she does, she has dementia too. So she didn't remember and she'd be trying to get up and we had to put an alarm and it was a really hard season. And now thankfully she's up and walking and doesn't have to wear her back brace. I mean, she had mm. surgery and it's just doing so much better, but for that season, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I was saying no to every writing opportunity except the ones I'd already committed to you know it's you just have to say no because you know I had to be here for my grandma um but with the meal thing okay this is something I did this week which um one of our friends from church she's a single mom and she's adopted two little babies from foster care so I think they're like maybe three and two now and both of them have the flu and she's posting on Facebook and she's so overwhelmed. And I said, can I send you dinner? And she's like, yes, I, I use DoorDash you know, to send her a meal. Oh, that's an awesome. And I'm like, oh, cause I don't, you know, I had my, I mean, we have therapy, we have the things that, you know, we're doing and she lives uh, probably 30 minutes away, which I could have, you know, thought, okay, I can make something and take it. And I mean, I would have loved to do that too, but I knew that I wanted to help her and I knew that um, I couldn't like make a meal and take it up there just because my day was full. But for, I think it was $25 by the time I was done, I ordered her. I said, what do you want? She's like Indian food. So I sent her, you know, I just ordered some Indian food, asked her what she wanted and sent it up there. And um, so, you know, I think, you know, there are definitely things that I think even being compassionate, we don't have to maybe, you know, I think we can think differently about how we, um, love other people, but we can still love them. Like we can still love them and care for them. Or, um, you know, or sometimes it's, you know, maybe this time we can't take a meal, but next time we can. And just really seeing those things. I love how you're talking about just figuring out what are the priorities and what are the things that only we can do. And then at the same time, there's that, you know, so many times people say, oh, I couldn't do that. And, and yet there's so many things that you, you can do that maybe are stretch your comfort zone mm-hmm. and do make you tired at the end of the day. Like I think of your, your, you know, your girls that you have, like, and just knowing yeah. how much pouring out that requires. And yet there, God gives you grace for that too. When you say yes to his ministry for you, you just say yes first, as I know, you know, and then the grace follows. So you find yourself doing things that even you didn't think you could do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, with challenging kids and kids with special needs, you know, I never thought, um, you know, we have special needs with dyslexia and ADHD and, you know, um, trauma, past trauma and all these things. But also one of our girls has an autoimmune disease. And I never would have thought like this would be one of our things, but it is. And even if I was driving her to the doctor, we just had an appointment earlier today and going to see a specialist. I'm like, you know what? I never thought this would be something that I would be doing, but God, like you said, gives us the grace to handle enough for that day. And I think sometimes the problem comes when we feel God tugging on our heart to love someone or adopt someone or minister to someone or write a book or whatever it is. And we try to figure out the whole picture. Yes. Like like do the whole thing instead. He's like, 
I will help you enough to today. You know, your mercies are new every morning. Yes, exactly. And we, we, we know that in our heads, but we don't always act upon that. And, and, and when we're in a situation where we, something comes to us and we can tell God saying, I want you to do this. I want you to do this now. And then there's just this wonderful opportunity to go, okay, Lord, in my, in my own self, I don't see how this is going to happen, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm just going to take that next step forward. And, and he's with you in it and you can, and it brings him glory. I think when it, when you're in a place where you can't imagine doing what you're about to do. Yeah. Which I want to go back. Cause, um, I would just love for you to share, um, just how God nudged you and the steps you had to take to start club 31 women. Cause I know just so many women are getting ministered and, um, you've just been a blessing and your wisdom. I mean, I just love reading what you write and the community that you've built, but I would just love like how that first started and the steps you had to take. I would I definitely describe Club 31 Women for me as a, a step of obedience. I was in a place in my life where I had obviously I had eight kids, I was homeschooling, I had um, Matt's parents with us, and, and I, it's not like I was looking for something more to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was it was just definitely had my hands full and I felt that specific nudge from him that this is what I was to do. On a practical level, it actually started off with our teenage daughter um, came to me and she said, Mom, you should start a blog. And I said a blog? Like, what's a blog? I don't even like the sound of that. <laughs> it's such a weird name. And she's like, okay, well, it's, you know, and she said, I'll, I'll design it for you. And all you have to do is start writing. And um, it kind of grew out of this, uh, I guess, gr- grassroots ministry that I had going where I had all these young girls that had been in my life, like that had been mother's helpers to me, you know, that I'd known when they were younger. And now they were married and having children. And they would email me. And a lot of them lived um, they were missionaries who lived out of country, and they would say, "Lisa, you know, what do I do about my two-year-old's tantrum?" Or, "I am going insane. My husband will not pick up his dirty laundry off the floor, and I just like, how do you do this?" <laughs> just pretty basic questions. So I would write an email in response to them, and that I learned later that those emails were being passed, you know, from this sister-in-law to that cousin to this friend. <laughs> I love that. So it was sort of a, you know, that circular letter sort of a thing. And so Vienna, my daughter said, you know, mom, if you just wrote it in one place that they wouldn't have to wait for it to be passed on to them, they could just read it. And I was very motivated, which overcame my personal fears and concerns, because when I was in that place in life, I so longed for someone that was farther down the road to me that would say, you know, what you're dealing with or struggling with isn't singular it's not uncommon and it's not even silly there are you know this is normal and it's okay and here are some real things you can do about it so that very much inspired me that knowing my own um uh, great sense of desperation when i was especially a younger wife and mother yeah and i i love that how they were passing them around through email and that just shows you kind of like you had a readership even before you realized you were a writer i think i mean <laughs> oh definitely what they were doing. It actually surprised me because it kind of seemed, you know, I don't know. It's like, oh, is this too basic? You know how you think that, and you think, is this really going to mean anything? And um, and yet, God takes that that little piece of wisdom, that little scripture verse, and says, yes, it does actually, when it's the right word in season. Mm-hmm. And it really just shows you the the great needs and just our ability to love people and help them. And I think, you know, so many people talk about like 
building the platform and growing your audience. And I really just think it's just loving those people that are in front of you. And if you love those, then they'll tell their friends that, that need the same encouragement. And then it grows from there. Did you see that really once you started putting it up on the blog? Yeah, I had, I really and truly had no idea that it was going to become anything. And and I, I think God protected me because I didn't know about blogs out there. The only one I knew about was Ann Voskamp's mm-hmm. <laughs> because my mom had said it to me and Pioneer Woman. I think those were the two blogs I had was familiar with. And um, I didn't realize there was a whole world out there. And I, I'm really glad because it kind of, like I said, just kind of protect me. I would have, I don't think I ever would have done it if I had known um, where it would go. And, and um, you know, the responsibility that comes with it, but I am so thankful. God knew I had a time that this is going to be a ministry that I would love. Um, I didn't know that about myself and, um, and the, the beautiful community that actually grew out of that. Yeah. And it's so wonderful that God knows, like, I, I love how you said he knows what we're going to love. And so many times um, I'll be, I'll just see like, this is going to be really hard and this is going to be difficult. And just, in fact, yeah, just yesterday, um, one of my daughters, the little eight-year-old ran in and she was just giggling and laughing and her older adopted sister who's 14 was chasing her and they were just having the best time and they were playing well all together the rest of the day. And I'm thinking, okay, this is worth it. But there was many times when we were in the midst of anger and fits and really hard stuff. And I thought, what in the world are we doing? Um, but I'm thankful like God just knows like, you're going to be thankful or you're going to be grateful if you just keep going and, and see that there is, there is joy even after the hard things. Oh, and that's so true. And I, you know, I think I've been thinking a lot lately about how, I mean, this is how I made, I want a happy ending. I always want these happy endings. So I feel like if I just push through this hard thing, I just, I can do it as long as I know there's a happy ending. And I feel like God's been really challenging me to rethink that a bit and mm. to find joy after the hardship and even in the hardship, but it doesn't have to have a happy ending. And I, you know, like Avonlea, our special needs daughter has just been a really good example of that. When she was born with severe, severe brain damage and was never supposed to walk or talk or even know me as her mother. And obviously it's devastating news for a mom just to, to not see that coming, to not ever imagine that that could happen to you. And um, those first couple of years were just um, excruciating, just excruciating, just trying to keep her alive and, and to have her be on, um, and not have a, you know, a a very optimistic diagnosis that even if she pulls through, what will our life be like with her? And, you know, she came down this morning and she had the, someone gave her this little mermaid blanket. That's like a fishtail thing that she pulls over and she just loves it. So she put it on and got in her wheelchair and she just had the cutest grin on her face. And I just thought, I just laughed. It just brought me so much joy to see this, you know, she's 18, but she's kind of more like a six-year-old, you know, Mm -hmm. and in her little fishtail. And I just thought, you know what? You don't see that coming. You don't realize how many smiles are going to be on your your face because of the sweetness that comes with that. And it's not over her, you know, it's not like we're done doing hard things with her, but but there's those sweet, joyful moments that we also didn't know were going to be part of our story, you know? Yeah. And I think so many times when we go through hard stuff, it just gives us compassion for other people. Um, you know, I thought I had a, a pretty good grasp on mothering <laughs> until God's like, here, try these kids. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow. I really thought I was a great mom and now I'm really struggling. But now I have so much compassion 
for mothers in their struggle, I'm like, oh, I've been there, honey. I totally, you know, I totally understand. I think, you know, if we had the perfect life and um, the perfect kids and no struggles and no hardships and, you know, people in our life that didn't have um, no one in our life that had health problems or disabilities. I mean, we would just, who can we serve? Like, who can we have compassion for? It's really in our weakness that we, we understand first to depend on God, but then to really see others and be able to help them and serve them in ways we couldn't have if we just had the perfect life. Oh, you know, I, I've thought about that so many times. I've thought about that with Avonlea for sure, because I, when I've ministered to people, I, I wouldn't, how could you have possibly anticipated this? There's a tendency to people go, oh, but you've got like the perfect kids or the perfect life. And, you know, I've talked to Matt about this and I said, you know, and they're just even having Avonlea, they go, oh, no, you do know what it's like to have really hard things. And so your, your words, your ministry is coming out of a point of, of brokenness, not just, you know, perfection. And, and then even other challenges we've had with our other kids that, you know, I, I was telling a friend that there's always this, maybe I'm just telling too much about myself, <laughs> but <laughs> this, this temptation to kind of never out loud, but maybe pat yourself on the back a little bit, you know, like, well, I parented my kids, right? So they turned out really well. I would never say that out loud, but, but what if internally I was inclined to do that? And I think the challenges we've had, not just with Evan Leah, but with even some of our other kids has removed all of that, (laughs) just all of that. And now when someone says to me, oh, my teenager has said or done things that have broken my heart, I can say, oh, friend, I hear you. And I am so thankful our God is a redeemer. And I'm not saying that out as a, a, you know, from a point of, well, you know, there are steps for this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but a point of, like you said, total compassion. And yeah, I hear you, friend. And I fall on my knees before a savior just like you. Yeah, that is so good. And I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, it's, it's all our kids. Like <laughs> every single one of them, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, who needs prayer first? Like you're going through <laughs> the list and trying to figure out which one needs prayer first. And even if we have kids that, you know, I mean, have overcome struggles and are following God and serving him, um, they still live in a hard world. They live in a broken world. They often have to face things. We had, um, you know, our oldest son, his wife um, left him and asked for a divorce. And no one, you know, you know, sweet, sweet young woman, I just still love her pieces, but no one could change her mind and we couldn't change what she wanted. And, you know, as much hmm. as we prayed and it's like, as you know, even if we raise kids who love God, which is that's our ultimate goal as moms to raise kids yes. who love God, they still have to live in a broken world, and we still have to live in a broken world, and we still have to face really hard things. And um, but that's where we turn to God, and that's where we can just open our arms to other people who are going through the same things. Exactly, and it does, like you said, it gives you a point of compassion. It also is another testimony that. God is a redeemer, and it might not look the way we thought it would look and certainly wanted to look, but it doesn't mean that there isn't beautiful things that can come out of those ashes, you know? Absolutely. So what encouragement would you have if there's someone out there that just feels like God is asking them to do something just like, you know, when you started your blog or, you know, with some of these other projects, you feel like God is stirring in your heart, but then you're like, 
how in the world am I going to do this? So what encouragement would you have for someone who wants to walk it out, but just doesn't know how? I think, um, taking the moment that it is, I think our minds are so quick to rush where this is going to go and what this is going to mean and how this is going to impact our future. And that I know it's simple, but that, but I, I personally, this is how I walk through so many of my days where I just think I just need to worry about today Mm -hmm. and what that means and how I can be faithful in it. Those right things that I can do today in this, in what's before me, um, instead of racing ahead and barring all that trouble that, that, that it can mean, but God only gives you grace for what you're in at the moment. Yeah. So I would love now you, you have the po- new podcast. Um, what were your thoughts of like starting a podcast? And I know you and your husband are doing it together. So I would just love to hear more about that. Well, you know, that it grew out of, uh, he and I have a, um, Matt's a pastor of a house church, um, that we've been doing for about 16 years. And we have a, uh, a number of wonderful families in that. And so many of them came out of their millennials, our millennials, we call them, <laughs> that, that either came out of a non-church background or a, um, maybe just kind of lost in the mega church world. And we, um, just started cut, discipling them and, really going to the word of God and saying, did you know that the word actually addresses how your marriage is supposed to look like and what, how you, you can go to the word for parenting instruction and, and, and they just, is they wanted all of that. They just didn't even know what it looked like. And it was very transformative. I mean, their lives were just changed and they um, really started encouraging us. They said, you know, all these things that you've been teaching with us and sharing with us and walking out before us, um, to use your phrase, um, you should you could be sharing that with a lot more people if you would be willing to podcast. So that's kind of they 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 just kept prompting us and um, <laughs> several of them every two days like where's your podcast where's your podcast so that's pretty much how it grew out of because again Matt and I are still in that, in that place of we're not looking for more things to do yeah um, but we've also. We've really enjoyed doing it already. We've just, it's been fun. And um, we enjoy working together. We always have. And um, and because we've already, uh, I guess, rehearsed all of this by doing it in real life, it's pretty, it's come pretty easily too. So that's a blessing. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show, just like with the blog, people are hungry for wisdom. And I think, you know, for people to give them good advice and have wisdom and um, you know, we don't always need to like, oh, it'll all work out or whatever. I mean, they want to hear the nitty gritty and they want to hear the ups and the downs and how we work through these things and how we, um, you know, turn to God's word and find truth. And I think so many times we think like, oh, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I don't want to broach the subject. But people are so hungry for the truth and, and they often don't know where to go for good advice. Yeah. Where do you turn? And it, the culture is louder than ever. I mean, everybody I know knows this, but if you're just scrolling through um, your newsfeed or, um, or just like appealing to the culture, you get lost in that, and something deep down inside you goes, "I just, I feel like it should be different. I feel like, I feel like God wants more for us than this, and He does." It's just being so drowned out by the many, many voices between social media and internet and Netflix. You know, it's just a, there's a lot out there. There is. And, you know, which is the next thing I want to talk about is your books. 
because you've also put some of this wisdom. We have the blog, we have the podcast, but tell us a little bit just about your books and then your heart behind that. So we wrote, um, Matt and I both wrote 100 Ways to Love Your Husband and 100 Ways to Love Your Wife. And we literally sat down in a cafe and we made this kind of deal with each other that we weren't going to look at each other's book until we were done. <laughs> and um, just to see, make sure it was honest, I guess. And and it it grew out of, he and I were talking about our own marriage, which we enjoy a a beautiful, close marriage, not because we, as he puts it, we won the lottery. <laughs> I mean, we like to think that way, but but because of all the little things that we have invested in our marriage that are surprisingly impactful. Mm-hmm. And so when we really started thinking about that and we wrote down a hundred ways, literally, of those little things you can do in your marriage starting today that can make a difference over time. And to be honest, at the, I think when we started off, we had no idea the impact it would it would have. And we had so many testimonies of people saying, like just for example, I had this one gal write me, she said, my husband and I were basically separated, heading for a divorce. And she was like, I picked up your book and I thought, well, it doesn't hurt to try. And she goes, so I decided I was just going to make his lunch, which I had never done before. So before we went to work, I packed his lunch and left it on the table for him. She said about five days into it, he started kissing me goodbye before he went to work. She said he had not kissed me goodbye in years. And she said, literally, our marriage now is thriving. We can't even believe we were considering divorce. And it started with that little thing. And I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but we get so many of those kinds of testimonies. It's actually quite surprising. I think sometimes marriages are struggling. Um and they're big things. So I don't ever want to minimize those big things. But many times it's kind of just become so distant and the solution isn't as far away as we think it is. And I think that's the power of these books. It's something little that we can start today making a difference. And that also goes for people who have so-so marriages, but they kind of feel like, shouldn't it be better than this? Shouldn't we have more fun than this? Shouldn't this be... Um, kinder and more interesting. And that's the other thing I think these books offer is just those those little things that can turn that around. Mm, I love that. Okay. You have to give us like at least five more. Like what are some of five of the, you mentioned make the lunch. What's five more of the, some, one of the hundred things? Oh, um, I think the, the other thing the husband can do, which I think the other thing people love about his book, it's very readable. They're short, just literally one thing a day, right? So that's super... Um, easy. A lot of times men don't necessarily, and I'm not trying to generalize, but right. here we have it. <laughs> but the men themselves have said, I don't want to read a big heavy book on right. on marriage. I just want to, I love. I actually love my wife. I guess I'm just not showing it. And can you help me out on how to do that? So like Matt would offer, run her a bubble bath mm. and just light a candle, maybe leave a little plate of chocolate and don't say anything, just have it there for her. And so many, you know, Wives, husbands have written in and just said, you know what? It's a beautiful thing. What a beautiful treat that is to have, you know, to have him know, hey, I'm thinking of you. I care about you. And um, let's see, some other things are, I think one of the biggest things that I've written about that always surprised me is just the idea of, now this is more in a traditional home setting. Matt and I work from home, so we don't even have the same, quite the same scenario, but we did when he worked in publishing. 
But he would come home from work and I, as soon as he walked in the door, I would like hand him a kid and just like start telling him about <laughs> how how many stresses I had in my day. And I just thought that was all fair and game. You know, it's like, hey, I've been struggling all day, baby. You're here. Take the kid and listen to how rotten my day was. <laughs> and God really convicted me about that and just said, could you just stop making dinner for just a second when he comes in, move the pot of you know, macaroni and cheese over to the to a cool spot on the stove and turn around and just greet him with a warm hug, kiss, and hey, baby, I'm so glad you're here. And it was it was a game changer. I know it sounds silly, but it literally was. I just saw the difference in how he responded to me, the difference in how he felt about coming home to me. You know, and so many people said, well, you got to be honest about your day. Can I just tell you, I'm really good about being honest about my day. There's <laughs> no problem there. I just found out that it it made a big difference if I was honest a little bit later about that, was mindful of the timing, was also thoughtful about maybe he had a heavy day too. And to have him have a heavy day and come home and have me dump my heavy day on him wasn't helpful for our marriage. And there's a time and place for that, but it wasn't right then and there. That is so good. I love that so much. You know, it just, it is so much those little things that just show love. Like we know you know, our spouse loves us. I mean, if, if an intruder came in, my husband would take a bullet for me. But it's those little things, too, that really show love. Um, I was working on a book deadline just a couple of weeks ago. And like I mentioned, my grandma lives with me. And, um, you know, she always calls if she gets hungry. She's like, you her bedroom's right next to mine. <laughs> and so I start to get up to go make her some food. And my husband put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, he happens to be in the room with me. He goes, I'll take care of it. I'll make her some food. You just keep working. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the best thing ever. You know, it's just those little things, those thoughtful things um, that really make a big difference. And you know, it's, like, it's so true. And I think that spiral can go both ways. And that's what is also nice about it. You know, you always feel like, hey, but he hasn't done this for me. So why would I make his lunch? And you're just like, yeah, you might be surprised. You know, you, why don't you be the first one to say that kind word, to have that soft touch, to re- to respond a soft answer, you know, in a moment where you are tempted to flare up. And just yesterday, Matt was uh, stuck in the snow and he he called me and said, you know, I'm I'm stuck here. And he was really frustrated and wanted me to go get a kid so he could run it down the snow shovel to get him out. And he was kind of abrupt with me, which I can take offense at. (laughs) And um, I thought, Lisa, don't take offense have compassion. He's in a frustrating situation. And when he got back into the house, my previous response would have been the, hey, next time you could ask me a little nicer and be mindful of maybe what I'm in the middle of and (laughs) all those kinds of things. But I just tried to read my own writing, right? And just say, hey, hon, are you okay? Did that work out? And he said, oh yeah, thanks so much for sending it. And I, and explained how, you know, how he had even extra aggravations that I didn't realize had nothing to do with me. And I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. It was actually a sweet moment between us when it could have been one of those I'm at you and you done me wrong conversation. And it's just those little things that really add up over time to something really beautiful. Yeah, and I love And it's just taking that notice when we feel that that stirring inside, like the anger, like, okay, I'm going to get riled up about this. And just that, that stopping ourselves and like, no, I'm choosing not to. And I think... Um, even with our kids, we can make each other aware, you know, like um, if we, if someone's in a bad mood or, you know, it's like, yeah, she's having a hard day. Let's, 
let's just give her some space and we can pray for her. You know, it's just letting people be aware. Like we don't have to be quick to take offense that we can like take a step back. Yes. I think grace has such an important place. And I think sometimes we're afraid, and I get this, I really do get this because I'm kind of in between there, where we feel like if we're giving them grace, we're going to excuse their bad behavior, mm-hmm. which I don't believe in. I'm just not a fan of that, that we're going to um, be walked over. Nobody wants that. But what if it's not like that? What if you can give grace to someone you love in the moment and if that person continues to walk in that way or continues to offend you in a pattern, then sitting down and talking to them about it, but at a time that has nothing to do with that moment, right? Just that, which we do, Matt and I do, we do this with our kids. We go, hey, can I can I talk to you about something from my heart? And I don't know if you're aware of this, but you've really been kind of snappy with me. And, and it hurts my feelings when you talk to me that way. I, I just don't feel like you would talk to so-and-so that way, but you but you talk to me that way. And I don't feel respected. I don't feel loved when you talk to me that way. But that actually starts a real conversation, Do you, yeah. you know, rather than a, hey, knock it off, <laughs> which doesn't really achieve much in your home. Absolutely. And what you usually find when you do sit down and say, hey, can I just talk with you? There often maybe, like you mentioned, even with your husband, there might be other things going on that you had no idea that is really kind of down in there that they're trying to deal with that you could help them with or pray with them or just know, just be aware of what they're going through. And I found that with my kids, um, you know, we'll have a really bad attitude for a couple of days and finally I'm like, okay, what is going on? Cause you know, obviously just disciplining you is not helping things at all. And they'll say, I had a bad dream or, you know, I had this, or I've been worried about this. And those conversations just really open up what is going on instead of just kind of dealing with the outward actions. And we can underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. You know, we just think, oh, we're the ones that are going to have to point this out to them. But really believing and stopping and praying and saying, okay, Lord, like our, you know, teenage son just gave me lip and thinking, uh, hello, that didn't seem right. You know, and just going, okay, I could confront him on it or, and, or I could stop and pray about it and ask, you know, he calls himself a believer. So he's got the Holy Spirit. So pray that that God convicts him that how he spoke to me. And and this is a real life example from a few days ago. He came back to me a, uh, probably an hour or two later and said, hey, mom, hey, I'm, I'm sorry about, you know, sorry about that. Of course, I press it a little bit like, sorry about what? Yeah. <laughs> Going to make him say the words. But it was good, you know, and I didn't, like, I didn't really, you know, harass him. I just... I just want to make sure we were clear on what we were talking about and and obviously received it and appreciated it, appreciated that he was willing to do that. And that is part of relationship. It's not about never doing anything wrong. It's it's about when you do do something wrong, owning up and asking forgiveness and granting that. That's part of the the whole redeeming story. Absolutely. Oh, so good. So, we could just talk all day. This is <laughs> such good stuff, but I know. I mean... And what I love about your blog is that there's so many topics like this covered. Um, just real life, practical stuff. How do I make friends? How do I, you know, love my neighbor? I mean, all these types of things are there. So um, how do I be a good mother to a young adult daughter? <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm just reading some of the topics that are that I see on your blog. <laughs> my daughter wrote that article, so I was very interested to hear what she was going to say. Oh, she told awesome. me she was going to. Gabriel's 20, I think. And I said, okay, you Let's see what you come up with. So that was a, uh, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, I love that. So there's so much good wisdom, um, and I'm so glad that you were just willing to, you know, pour out your 
your heart and your life and, and serve those around you, whether it's in your home, in your community, or on your blog, and now with a podcast, which I can't wait to, to listen to more. So thank you so much, Lisa, for just how you share your life and um, your wisdom with so many of us. Well, thank you, Trisha. You're always such an encouragement, inspiration to me. I'm just grateful for you. Oh, thank you. And just give us those um, websites again. I know you mentioned them earlier, but the websites where people can find out more information about you and Matt. Okay. So on the blog, it's club31women.com. And then our new podcast is Faithful Life with Matt and Lisa Jacobson. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, I hope we get to see each other soon, friend, but have a wonderful day. All right. God bless. Thank you. Well, what do you think? I know you loved hearing from Lisa as much as I do. And just listening to her voice makes me hope that we get a chance to hang out, be together again. I just love how she is just there as a mentor to women, a mentor to her own daughters, but a mentor to those in her community and her world. And be sure to check out her blog, um, Club 31 Women. And I just know that you'll be encouraged and inspired. There is such great stuff there. As I'm looking now, there's stuff on marriage and parenting and um, a community, motherhood, all these types of things. Um, How Young Women Want to Be Discipled is one of her recent blogs. So just know that there is so much good information there. But what I love about what Lisa does is that you could just sense contentment in her voice. And I mentioned that um, just when I think of her, I think of her just being solid. And I think part of that too is just she is content in her busy life, as even though it's busy, um, and you know the kids and the ministry, that she is content and turns to God. And he is her solid foundation. But so many times when we get overwhelmed and we feel like we can't do enough or we're not getting through to our kids, we really need to go back to that contentment knowing who we are in God and trusting that he will complete a good work in us and in our families and in our world. So today's walk it out verse is this is in the New King James Version. It's 1 Timothy 6, 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I thought of that verse when I thought about Lisa, but I thought about that verse for all of us, just to be godly, to seek God, to turn to him, to trust him, to walk out what he's calling us to do, to desire to make his name known in the world. And then with contentment, knowing that things may not be perfect. In fact, they may be difficult but having contentment in all that he is asking of us, all that he has given us, and all that he um, is providing for us. So I'm just going to pray for you today. Dear God, I just thank you so much for mentors in our lives who just point us in the right direction. I also thank you, Lord, that even though things are difficult and challenging and overwhelming at times, when life doesn't always turn out like we had planned, that we can turn to you. I pray that we will stay on the path toward godliness, that we will um, stand strong, seek your word, strive to do what it says, and trust that as we are seeking you, as we are being drawn to you, that you will do a good work in us and in our families and in our world. I pray for those who may feel like their influence doesn't matter or they aren't doing enough or no one really cares. I pray that you will just remind them today in amazing unexpected ways how their influence makes a difference and how it matters. Also, Lord, I just pray for our contentment 
in life when things are difficult. I pray that you will just help us to be content and to turn to you. Thank you so much for my friend Lisa. Thank you so much for every listener. And I pray just a blessing over them today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I am so glad that you are here. I just appreciate that you take the time to listen to Walk It Out. You know, I'm recording these right now. I have lots of kids running around. You might hear some noise in the background, kids calling to each other. I mean, I do this, though, because I love sharing my friends with you, new people that I get to meet with you, sharing their stories. It is so important for us to just be encouraged by others. So I pray that you are encouraged. If you ever want to email me or have questions, you can email hello at trishagoyer.com. And always be sure to share with a friend um, the most recent post and walk it out. If you go to my website, which is just trishagoyer.com and click on podcasts, you will see all my podcasts there. Listen to them, share those. You can share the links on Facebook or Twitter or any of those places. So I just pray that you will be encouraged. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.